Sunday night, 7 o'clock time for another edition of the Sports Phone here on KZYX. Jerry, that's me. I'm hanging out in my office in Portland. Jim is down in the studio in Philo. Jim, happy Sunday evening. How you doing? I'm doing good. I Was that a yawn? Is that really how we're starting the show? Hey. I is a I had I had one when, when I take away yeah I, I say you're about the same too is you take away one of my weekend days when I want to work on the farm sure. and and I have to go to the Bay Area and take a seminar it it threw off my whole weekend I, to me it should be today I should have tomorrow off and I don't <laughs> not to stir the pot here but I hear about those seminars that you go to those those continuing ed things. I'm not going to question it too much because I don't know the first thing about about the world of chiropractors. I don't know. It's a little. It's, it's, it seems a little weird. It's a it's it's a money making thing for okay, sure. You said it. All right, you came out and said it. I but the the theory is is good. You, you you've been I've been out of school. You know, at a, at a graduate sure. school for 36 sure. years, and every year we've got to take 12 hours. And the theory is to keep us up to date. But these people just all sell their seminars and, and we're forced to take one. So I take the closest one I can to my house. I love it. Which, I love it. if you live where I live, is a long ways away. It's we got to keep moving here, Jer. Yeah, yeah. Let's keep moving. So before we dive in and kind of talk about the show and what we've got scheduled today, uh, one, I, I guess some, I guess this is an announcement of, of sorts just for some kind of upcoming programming on the station for tomorrow. Jim, you know about it a little more than me, so I'll let you go ahead and take it and kind of get that information out to the, to the listeners. Yeah, I want to get this out early. Uh, on, on Monday nights, there's a show on, on this radio station called The Discussion. Anyone listening to this, well, almost, I'll bet you most of the people listening to the sports phone know what the discussion is. And it's a basically is like the sports phone, but it's not just about sports. You can call in, talk about anything you want, just like on the sports phone, but we're only about sports. Uh, the discussion is talk about anything you want. And tomorrow night, there's a special edition, and I'm going to announce this at the end of the show as well. Marty Durlin and Dina, whoa, it's a tough, I'm not even going to pronounce her last name, but she's pre- president of of the, uh, of the board. And th- there's been some um, changes here at the station, which most people know about. And they are going to be addressing the public tomorrow night, taking your questions and your comments at seven o'clock tomorrow night. Um, be prepared for you know controversy. That that's what this is going to be about. And she will be. Uh, Marty Durlin called me today and said she will be available to talk about um, the station. Is that enough, Jer? Yeah, no, I think that's good. I just want we wanted to make sure to get that out, and if we'll try to mention it as well at the end of the show, and um, we got some other stuff as well. But with that, let's talk about the sports phone and what we've got going on. We got a really fun one in store for everybody tonight. Uh, as Jim mentioned, sports phone. This is an open forum sports talk show. Jim and I are big sports fans. We've played, we've coached, we've watched, we. You know, you think we've done it all. Uh, we love to spend this one hour a week just talking about sports with the KZYX listening audience. Open forum. Phone lines are going to get opened up. If you've got something you want to talk about, it can be professional, high school, college, rec league, anything you want. We want to hear about it. The phone number to do that is 707-895-2448. We're looking forward to getting started with that. But... We have a guest. Uh, we we, we have like to we guest. like to come up with guests. This one, this one got put together very quickly. This was not like a, a two three week process. This happened in about twenty four hours. Someone, I, someone, it's gonna be fun. 
some of I, the, I, that's all I'm going to say. I'm, I'm excited. Jim, let's let's get going here. Who's who's our guest, and let's get rolling. Someone of this stature usually takes me about three weeks to, to track down. This, this just happened. Uh, it happened sort of by chance. We had a caller last week that talked about this woman. Her name is Molly Bolin Kazmer, and... I mean, Jared, while, while I'm announcing her, I would like to see if you can come up with a male counterpart of what I'm going to say right now. Molly Bolin Kazmer is the first woman to sign a contract in the United States of America, maybe in the world. Um, we'll have to ask her that when, when we turn her phone on here for professional women's basketball. 1978. She's from Iowa. Her name's Molly. Bolin, Kazmer, that's all I can say about you, Molly. You're on live on the air. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Sure. Hello. You Hello. don't. This is. Jerry, you, uh, you just don't say stuff like that very often, at least not no, on the sports no. phone. <laughs> Go ahead, Jerry. So, yeah, I guess to get started, uh, the, the accolades aside, um, Molly, what, what Jim kind of presented this to me, the thing I was really excited about this for was. You've kind of taken it upon yourself and, and kind of the organizations you work with to educate people about the early history of women's professional basketball, it, which is something that I would be willing to bet a lot of regular basketball fans know next to nothing about or very little. So I, I guess just to start this conversation, um, and feel free to kind of give your, give a little bit of background about yourself as well if, if you'd like to, but if someone just came up to you and just said, teach me about the history of women's professional basketball, how do you even start that conversation with somebody? Well, that's easy enough. You just say um, women's pro basketball is not 26 years old. It did not start with the WNBA. It started with the WBL in June of 1978 when the first pro league was formed in the United States. And since then, there have been about um, nine attempts to create women's pro basketball. Um, they felt after Title IX it was a viable sport um, that they could see success in the future, and that was the main reason it was created then was um, because of title, the passage of Title IX. They saw an explosion in the growth of women's basketball, and they thought it was a great opportunity to start a pro league. So, you know, we were the first trailblazers to break down the barriers, knock the doors down, and pave the way for the future. So uh, you you were part of this league, uh, and we talked a little bit to kind of uh, set the table a, a little bit. Um, highest single game, highest single season scoring average uh, in in the history of that league. Uh, highest single game point scoring in, in that league, and that kind of extends beyond. This is something Jim and I talked to a little bit about last week when we were kind of looking looking up your stats. Things that are it's amazing just in terms of pure numbers. Uh, what was that? league like when it when it started one of the things that i think we were very impressed by when we were talking before the show is that this wasn't you know just pulling together some a bunch of people that had never played basketball before this was a very competitive league with a lot of roots in what led to you know the modern day women's professional basketball yeah that's true um there there were as i mentioned there's and uh, first women's pro league, there turned out to be 17 Hall of Famers and nine Olympians that played in it. Some of the well-known names now uh, from that era is Annie Myers Drysdale, 
I was the co-MVP with her in the second year of the Pro League. She had uh, come and played for the WBL after trying out for the Indiana Pacers. I think you guys all remember that um, situation to where she got the opportunity to, to try out for the Pacers. Uh, Nancy Lieberman was one of the players. Carol Blaisdowski is one of the well-known players. Um, this was just a little bit before Cheryl Miller's time. Um, she hadn't come out of USC yet. But, um, yeah, it was just we were very unspoiled, um, excited to have the opportunity. We would have played for nothing, and we practically did in a lot of cases. Um, there was a lot of teams that were uh, in the league. We had two teams that actually had TV in Chicago. The Chicago team had WGN contract for television, even in their first year. And they had one of the managers that had been promoting some of the other sports leagues and uh, sports teams in town. And the Chicago Hustle, the women's basketball team, had a winning season. And so they began getting higher ratings than the hockey team, the Bulls, um, you know, the Bears. So they became the hot team in town in the very first year of their, of their um, existence thanks to the WGN television contract and, and their winning record. So we had some, they played in the old DePaul University gym, and they packed that place, and it was deafening. We couldn't even hear each other talk on the court. So it really, we had some exciting times. It was a, it was a struggle. It was a challenge because it did take off everywhere, but there were certain hotbeds for the sport, and Chicago and Iowa were two of the biggest rivals. What about San Francisco? San Francisco came in, the San Francisco Pioneers came in the second year of the, of the Pro League. And what's interesting about the Pioneers is that the ownership group that was put together included Mike Connors, Alan Alda, hmm. and Getty. They had some incredible people that were involved with um, putting together their financial package. They had one of the, the strongest organizations in the league. And I was really lucky to get the opportunity to play for them um, the third their third season. Yeah, I liked the, the woman that called last week. She said she she went and saw you play after <clears throat> after being a high school rival of yours. She said she got to go out and watch you play at Winterland. And <clears throat> you know, I didn't even know I didn't even know Molly that that was a basketball venue. That was a place we went and watched a Grateful Dead in the seventies. And I, I had no idea that that was where the Pioneers played. Honestly, I'm not sure where they played earlier, but when I was there by the third season, we actually played in the Civic Center downtown San Francisco. Oh, you did well. And this whole experience, yeah, this whole experience was really amazing for me because I grew up in a town of 700 people in you know, tiny little town in south-central Iowa playing girls' high school about six-on-six basketball. We had our own game. You get two dribbles. You don't cross half court. You only have three offensive players on one end and three defensive players on the other end. So, obviously, the three players did all the scoring. And when I was a junior in high school, the entire team starting lineup had graduated the year before. And so, when I was a junior, my very first game when I turned 16, I had scored 63 that night. And it sort of changed my whole mindset of the fact everybody expected us to lose because we our whole team had graduated. And it just set the bar really high for me to, to know that I could achieve anything if I just worked really hard and stayed focused on it. And it just, you know, really set the pace for the rest of my basketball career. I, I remember when Jim was explaining that to me because I this goes to the, the fact that I've been around basketball my whole life and I didn't know anything about this this six-on-six six version of it. I thought Jim was explaining lacrosse at first. 
and, and I was th- just the way it was it was presented because it's it sounded so much like that. So I can't even describe how hugely popular it was. We packed gyms. We were on live radio. We had three to four newspapers in the area covering all of our games. Uh, the Des Moines Register covered the games. We had state tournaments that were televised. And this goes back to, I believe, the 1940s. They're still on on Internet. If you search, you can find all the championship games, the girls' high school Iowa championship games on um, on the Internet. It's pretty amazing. I'll give a little little description of uh, the, uh, the way I describe it. It happens to be that my high school... That's what we played. Uh, that's what the girls played. Um, I was on a, a piece, pretty much a, a a state championship level high school team, and our girls team played. And they even called it a different sport, Molly. I think I told you that yesterday when we were talking. It was called netball, not basketball. And the three offensive players played against the three defensive players. And then the other people waited down at the other end of the court for the ball to come down. And then they, so. You never played defense in high school? That's the way I described it. You played offense only? Absolutely. And then after I made basket, the referees took the ball out of the net and threw it to the referee at the half court, and then the the offensive players at the other end on the other team would inbound at the center court. So it was a fast-paced game, so we could score 100 points in 32 minutes. And I scored 80. I set the record at, at my school, 83 points. I think I scored... 65 or more like five times so the crowds love that fast pace there was no transition of up and down the court because the ball was thrown from one end to the other so you know in a 32 minute game it you'd see girls scoring 60 some points um themselves it was pretty exciting to watch that's 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 such a fast i gotta go watch some video of it i have to so (laughs) as part of this kind of the education and kind of the we've talked about how you're trying to kind of teach the, the, the world about this the early days of, of women's professional basketball I think by by nature you get exposed to the modern day of where women's basketball is at nowadays what what is your kind of thoughts on what, what the state of women's professional basketball is all these years later right now wow it's it's just super exciting to watch uh, I know uh, back in 2006 when the WNBA had their 10th anniversary celebration i was invited back as a vip the all-star game and it was held at uh, madison square garden and it just it just hit me like a ton of bricks to be sitting in there seeing a packed gym at madison square garden for this all-star game because i had played when i played in uh the pro league before we played double headers with the new york knicks and and on thursday night we would play at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and there would be 300 people in the gym, and then the Knicks would come at night and pack the place. So these doubleheaders didn't work out too well for us. But, but to revisit the WNBA years later, it was just it was stunning because it was everything that we dreamed of and that we believed in that would happen. And while it was so exciting to see it in reality, it hurt so much to know that it wasn't in my time. You know, my job was to go out there and pave the way for the future. It wasn't to get... That have the opportunity to enjoy it, so, but it's still so rewarding to see how far the game has come. I, I can see looking back now, Molly. I can't imagine you as a twenty-year-old star was you were, had that feeling that you were paving the way for the future. You were in the now at that point. I would think. I mean, now that you think back and you're watching the you know the WNBA in its twenty-six year, is it like? 
wow, this is bigger than I thought it would be at this point, or is it not there yet? What, what, what's your answer to that question? Well, no question. I mean, even even bringing in the Internet and the ability of um, the fans. I mean, the main thing that we had was trying to let people know that we existed because we were playing uh, the regular winter season, competing against all the college sports, against the NBA. We got buried on the ninth page of most sports uh, newspapers sections. And so it was so difficult to get our message out there and to get people to pay attention and to listen. And, and and come and see a game. We would win them over. If someone would just come in the gym and watch us play, they would become a fan. I mean, it just happened, especially Chicago. They won their fans over so quickly because they had that television coverage. What's happened now, it's just this last year, even with the Las Vegas Aces winning that championship with Becky Hammond as the coach, was so exci- such an exciting playoff. And um, it's just been so cool to be part of it. So we have been in touch with the WNBA, of course, and they are right now, as we speak, they're preparing a tribute to the evolution of women's pro basketball to put a seven-foot-high display in their lobby of the New York and WNBA offices um, with pictures of us from the WBL. So we're working on that display right now. Super exciting. I love it. That's that's really cool. Yeah, it's 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 exciting. You talked about kind of like the hotbed that you had in Chicago. Uh, I've gotten to experience that uh, for, I think, kind of by being adjacent to Seattle. There's a lot of Seattle Storm hype up here, so mm-hmm. I've been a, mm-hmm. I've been around that a little bit. And then the other one, um, the other hotbed of kind of women's sports up here is the the Portland Thorns, the the women's soccer team. They have. They get as good support as the Blazers do up here, as the Portland Timbers, anybody. So it's it those, and it's it's really cool to see how those hotbeds have expanded over the years to, to kind of rally the support for for those different uh, women's programs. Right, soccer, soccer has had the same explosion of yeah. uh, popularity, yeah. and that's for sure. You know, similar to to women's basketball, but yeah, even at the college level, you know, Caitlin Clark, what she's done for the sport uh, in Iowa. Uh, the you know the Steph Curry look of shooting from the logos, <laughs> you know, it's just it's just awesome because people turn in to watch that and they're and you know you turn in a great performance and they say wow these these women can play, yeah. and yeah. that's that's all we really wanted from the start was the opportunity to prove ourselves. Yeah. All right, Molly. I don't think we've ever had a guest who has more of a a uh, potential. <laughs> a, a more more of a, a a list of things to choose from for this question. Uh, we ask all of our guests what their favorite sports memory is. It can be as a parent, as a player, as a coach, as a fan. It, it whatever comes to mind. I, I am so curious if you were even able to think of a clear cut answer for this. What, what, what was the first thing that came to mind? Oh gosh. Well, I don't know. Um, got an opportunity to meet a lot of the the great stars. Be in a movie with Pete Maravich, commercials Larry Bird. Oh, wow. um, um, actually, when I set the scoring record, um, a lot of people don't know this, but I dislocated my shoulder in the second quarter. Managed to pop it back in and get back in the on the floor because we didn't have a trainer to stop me from doing it. <laughs> so that's not maybe one of my best memories, but um, I would say. Overall, um, one of my best memories is just something that happened recently. I was asked to guest on Vince Carter's new show that has a spinoff of Peyton Manning's Peyton Places, 
and I filmed it last year in Hollywood, and they wanted me to teach Vince Carter how to play six-on-six basketball, and it was an absolute blast. We had so much fun, and I have never been treated so well in my life. That was so fun. It's uh, still streaming on ESPN+, and they also um, put my episode along with Jerry West, which was a huge honor. Those are some honors, Jerry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Let's move on. Go Molly, ahead. Molly, I don't know, I don't know how, like, what else there is to say other than this was an absolute honor and a pleasure for us. Uh, you know, for for a little public station that talks about sports once a week, this is so much fun. Thank, thank you so much for taking a little time and talking. Oh, with us. my pleasure. And if you wouldn't mind, I'd love to mention our nonprofit organization yeah, called Legends yeah. of the Ball Inc. dot org. We're on, we have a website. Our mission statement is to promote the historical and social relevance of the WBL, inspire future generations to break through barriers, realize their potential, and become leaders for positive change. And we offer scholarships to youth, and we still hold camps and clinics across the country. And our whole you know, idea is to preserve our history and inspire future generations. That is enough said right there. I love it. I thank, love it. thank you, Absolutely. Molly. Listen up. Listen to the rest. Of them. We're going to open up the phone lines and get you off the line and open up the phone lines. Um, if you listen up the rest of the week, if if something if someone calls and and um, you feel like answering it, give us a call back seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight. Thanks so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Wow, Jerry. That I, was, I, do, do we just you know? We just have we, a celebrity. We throw around. That's that's what I was going to say. We throw around a lot, like, "Oh, this is our biggest guest we ever had," and this and that. And <laughs> I, I don't. I, I think it, for us, I don't think it's going to get much better than that. I know. I like know. that was that was educa- <laughs> It was educational. I think for for us as basketball fans, I think that conversation because there was so much that I didn't know, and and even in the little bit we talked before the show, and then that. Like there's just this whole world of basketball that I didn't know existed, and it's it's really really cool to, to learn about those those types of things. Yeah, thank you, Deborah, for getting us started with this. Wherever and yeah. whoever you are that called in last week, seven oh seven. Okay, go ahead. Let's have a trivia question and get the phone get lines trivia, up. We got to get our quiz question in. I'm on a hot streak, right. uh, and and someone I, I guess I'm on. I don't know if a one a one question streak. I don't know if that's an actual thing, but I, I no one answered the question last week, I so I st- I've I have for the last week been savoring my stumping of the audience. Um, <laughs> so for for listeners that have never heard of this before uh, uh, or know what's going on here, I have a quiz question I bring every week. If you know the answer, feel free to give us a call seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight and take a stab at it. You can take a guess. You're allowed to look things up if you'd like to do that. There's no rules about this. Quiz question for this week. We're in the heart of basketball season. We're going with a basketball question. We're talking basketball for this. I would like to know who the only coach is that is in, in history that won an NBA and an NCAA championship. This is the only coach that has won a championship as both an NBA and NCAA head coach. I will take just the name, but if you'd like to give the teams and years as well, that would be bonus points. Uh, but that's the question for the week, 707-895-2448. And you're not on the sports phone. Give a call back. I had you on hold, 707-895-2448. The phone lines are open. Give a call back. 
I didn't know who that was, Jer. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Who, I don't know who that that um, I do now because you gave me the answer. But I couldn't come up off the top of my head with 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 that coach. Yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. it was a good question. Seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight. If you know the answer, uh, or if you want to take a guess, or if you got anything you want to talk about, as long as it is in the world of sports, give us a call. Seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight. Jim, if we don't have any calls, do you have anything that happened today, January fifteenth? Hello, caller. You're on the air. Even better. Ah, uh, well, Larry Brown, Kansas Jayhawks, Detroit Pistons. Wow. He got it. There, oh, there goes my streak. My streak is over. <laughs> I don't I don't know the years. I'd say Kansas maybe like 86, 85. 88. 88. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm, I'm going to go Pistons somewhere in the ooh, late 90s. Uh, 2004. It was the it was the team that it was the team that beat the Lakers with Carl Malone and Gary Payton when the Lakers had that group. Right. That was uh, Tayshawn Prince, Chauncey Billups, yes. uh, yep. Rip Hamilton. Yeah. Okay. Rasheed yep. Wallace. No, no, Ben Wallace. Yep. Okay. What do you think about <laughs> Molly Bowling? Cashman. What? What? <laughs> and what an interview that was. What an amazing. Uh, you know, some lady brings her up last week. And all of a sudden, she's on the air and is like a, she's like a Hall of Famer type woman. I mean, she's a, a woman's basketball royalty. She's royalty. She, she's been with Jerry West, Pistol Pete Maravich, Larry Bird. She did a commercial with. I mean, the, the name dropping is just ridiculous in the world of basketball. I mean, she's talking Absolutely. about Cheryl. She's talking about Cheryl Miller. Oh yeah, she. But she was just in high school then. You know, it's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I know. I, it, well, it kind of makes me. Like, how do I not know her name? I know Nancy Lieberman. I know uh, uh, huh. Robin Roberts. I know Cheryl Miller. I know a lot of older uh, basket women basketball players. How did her name never be a part of that? That you know, all of those. It just kind of surprises me. First woman ever to sign a contract. Oh, that's something else. I think I should know. I, that is that is amazing. Mm. What a story! And it sounds like it sounds like that league almost had a chance. For a little bit there, you know, at least in their little hotbed zones where they had popularity. That's that's what she tells us. Hmm. Yeah, what, what an amazing, what an amazing story, and well done to chase that down. You know, I, I like the fact that she didn't let that linger for a little bit. That was fresh from last week, and <laughs> you, you went right out there and got it. That's impressive. You know, Jared, the, the the last time we went after something, we failed miserably. You remember what it was? <laughs> I, I do. We don't even need to talk about it. Well, I, w- I was going to almost suggest it to Molly Molly Bolin. No, no, no. We don't pull strings here. Okay. <laughs> All right. We tried and failed. We did try. We never got them on the phone. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Um, I got another call. They've been on hold. They've been waiting. How about we take that one, Vince? Thanks for talking about Marty. Give us a call back in a little bit if, if you got something else. Absolutely. Right. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Thanks Vince. Guys. You're on the air. Hi, Jim and Jerry. Um, great interview with Molly. Thank you so much for that. Loved but that. I was wondering if you would be so kind as to repeat her organization, her nonprofit. I, she said it so quickly, I missed it. Legacy is something, to, isn't it, Jerry? Legacy? I got, it, I got it right here. It is legendsoftheballinc.org, or just Legends of okay. the Ball. Okay. Let, and let's also, let's you know, now, now that we got that far, Jerry, and I've got to find it... 
Um, While Jim's looking that up, so a little bit more, the, the vision, uh, again, the, the, the phrase passing it on, uh, paying it forward, uh, they, they just kind of reading straight off their website here. We strive to have a positive impact on the communities we serve uh, and then doing youth clinics uh, and, and you know all those types of things. Um, yeah, legendsoftheballinc.org. And I, I want to announce, now, now that you asked about our caller, um, I want to say there's also the legend Molly Bolin, Women's Pro Basketball Trailblazer. It's a book that can be bought on Amazon. It's about as much as we're allowed to say about a book on a public radio station. But you want more information, that can be found on uh, her history. Uh, some great pictures of her on the cover. And, uh, man, I... The history is unbelievable. I yesterday when I was talking to her on the phone yesterday, I says, "Oh yeah, we were the first team to play with a women's basketball." At one point, someone said, "This basketball is too big. Let's design a new one." And Wilson had a contract to make a new basketball for women to play with. Hmm. <laughs> Smaller hands, yeah. In general, yeah. Well, that sounds good. I'll check out that book, and it sounds like a great organization. So, yeah. thanks again for sharing that and. I'll look more into this. Thank you. Thank you. 707-895-2448. That was good that we got a... I think Molly Boland just got Lisa. I got Vince. Got the the last caller just called. You got me and you. That's four new fans right there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This day. How about January 15th in 1934? Babe Ruth took a cut in pay so he could play an extra year. He dropped down to $35,000 a year, a $17,000 pay cut just to take a one-year contract. I thought that was interesting, just the numbers itself. It's in, in, so, Go ahead, Jer. Well, no, I, I had a hunch you were going to bring this one up. Yeah. And, and, and I preemptively got some information about it because I, I for some huh. reason felt like it was going to happen. Um, I love these types of things. Because I love pulling up the inflation calculator and seeing what it translates to now. It's it's my favorite thing to do with oh, this. So okay. yeah, so this thirty five thousand dollar contract that Babe Ruth signed uh, in nineteen thirty four would have been a seven hundred and sixty thousand dollar contract uh, nowadays. Huh. Oh, um, just which, just money inflation. Yeah, money inflation. Yeah, money inflation. It comes out to about a $760,000 contract. And what's interesting about that is that's right around what the league minimum is in Major League Baseball. So he essentially signed for the league minimum with that one-year contract. <laughs> 707-89-time, 895-2448. That's the Babe, Babe Ruth. Oh, this one was an interesting one. In 1939, again, January 15th, 1939, was the first NFL all-star base uh, uh, football game. And the interesting part that this jumped out to me is the New York Giants played the all-star, the all-American all-stars, they were called. Now, before I take this call, caller, hang on there a second. The reason I brought this up is this is what we used to do in what we called midget or peewee football in my hometown. We would play football... And then the, the winning league team would play against the All-Stars from the other three teams. Mm-hmm. Phones are ringing off the hook, Jer. Hello, you're on the air. 
Hey, this is Deborah. I just wanted to call in with a couple more fun facts because I, too, talked to Molly this afternoon, and she told me a couple of interesting things. You know, people from point, from um, uh, Iowa are pretty humble. We don't really toot our own horn. And I think that's mostly the problem that has happened with Molly's career. She doesn't like to hear people toot their own horn, <laughs> you know, brag about themselves, and she doesn't do it with herself. She's been nominated, I think, once or twice for a Hall of Fame but never got it. They need to have a huge write-in campaign to get her in the Hall of Fame. I mean, I can't believe they haven't taken her into the Hall of Fame yet. And, um, uh, you know, that's one of the important things. People have to toot their own horn to kind of be able to get there or, or have an agent or, or some such thing in that, in that way. So, um, there. That's, uh, I had a couple other things to say, but darned if I can remember what. Well, uh, my, my, well I have a question, Jer. Um, and, uh, for me or for... And Deb, Deborah. Okay. Um, what Hall of Fame would she be in? The, the, what, what, like, I know there's a National Baseball Hall of Fame and a Basketball Hall of Fame. Is, that, is, is there one specifically for women basketball? And what Hall of Fame would she, would she be inducted into? You got me. I don't know what the name for the uh, Women's Professional Basketball League would be or, you know, what what Hall of Fame group. Yeah, we would have to know where to send it and where to write, right? I wish Molly had called back in and tell you. Anyhow, um, it's, uh, you know, that's important. She's just been overlooked. And uh, she's, like I said, very humble, but she, she's got around because she's got a personality that just never quits. And one of the other things with her, I think, that was, important you know you watch people play today today i watched a couple games on the tv man they were slapping it up there and it was bouncing off the rim and using the backboard and all that i think molly liked to hear that net snap because she was always just swishing them in without even hitting the rim <laughs> deborah thanks for getting us started with all this i got another call yeah. i'm gonna take it it's, it's it's wonderful to hear your voice again Give it good thanks yep thank you it's real quick, Jim. It is literally. It's just the women's basketball hall of fame. That's what it's called. So, what are the is the criteria? Like you have to be. Oh, out. I did. I don't. I don't. I didn't get that that deep into it at this point. I just know it's the it's the women's basketball hall of fame. So That's women women from the WNBA would go to it. Yes. And there are, and, yeah. and, and then probably. I wonder if. And there's players from like from that from the women's basketball league, the WBL, in here as well. Okay, yeah. So it's time for uh, time for us to get Molly in that thing. <laughs> yeah. Seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight. Keep the phones ringing. It makes it makes it fun for us. Um, so that first All Star game, Jared, the New York Giants versus the All Stars. Did you get what I was saying there before I took that call? That we used to do that in in midget football. Yeah, so so my first experience with with this type of All Star game was, and I don't know if they still do it. For a long time, uh, Major League Soccer did did this, where the MLS All Stars would fly a team in from like Europe or or somewhere to play against them in their All Star game. Um, I don't know if they still do that, but I remember for a while that was how the MLS did their did their All Star game. Huh. So it sounds to me like. They picked an all-star team from all the other teams besides the New York Giants and played against the winning team, which was the New York Giants. That's the way I'm taking it. Um, Wilt Chamberlain in 1965 was traded, and what they still call it one of the biggest trades in NBA history, was changed from the San Francisco 
Warriors to the Philadelphia 76ers. I don't know why that one jumped out at me, but I'll tell you, this one really jumped out at me. On this day, this was a big day in, in Olympic um, Olympic history. On this in U.S. Olympic history, on 115, 2020 or 2018, on January 15th, Simone Biles and 130 other women um, accused their medical doctor of sexual sexual abuse. That was a big story, and and this was the day it started, according to this day in sports history. I I remember that took over the news cycles in sports and outside of sports as well. But I, I remember that taking over the news cycles of, of, prof- of the sports world for a long time. Um, for, yeah. And then there was a lot of check-ins with it. It's got one of the more famous, if I'm putting the, the right story to the right memories, it's got this really famous clip of one of the fathers of one of the athletes, like jumping, trying to jump the rail to get at him in court. In court to get to get at the team doctor. Yeah, if if I'm remembering the same the same story. Jeez, I, yeah, it's, the the sheer numbers of it just just don't make sense to me. And, and maybe that's because I don't understand the subtleties of sexual abuse. Maybe that's the problem. But the sheer numbers of it, 130, and these were... Well, he, he was the team doctor for U.S. women's gymnastics, not not just the ones that went to the Olympics. There, So there's kind of your scope and scale. Wow. Like, like the head doctor of not just, you know, a couple people at the Olympics, but of U.S. women's gymnastics. Wow. Wow. That's all for this day. Um, and we already had a winner of the trivia, didn't we? We did, yeah. Larry Brown, first coach to, or only coach to win an NCAA championship and an NBA championship. He's the only one. And that, I, I, don't know, I thought that was interesting. It's, you know, it's, a, it's kind of a surprise that more coaches haven't, haven't been able to make the transition from one, one to the other uh, as successfully as, as he has. 707-895-2448. That's the number to call. we got about 20 minutes left on the show here. Give us a call if there's anything you would like to talk about going on in the world of sports. 707-895-2448. Yeah. All right, Jim. Well, if we don't have a call, uh, we got a few things to talk that we had on our list to talk about. I'm game for, I think, any of it, unless you throw some real curveball at me here. Uh, <laughs> I've done that what, before. What, uh, what are you thinking? What, what's on your mind? You know what? I like I like some of these ones that have been on the list for a long time. Yeah, I want to le- I want to leave them on the list for a long time because I know. <laughs> yeah, I I know when we need them, Jer. They're going to be right there for us. You you set me up. I opened up <laughs> one specific tab and then I immediately closed it. I want to I do like, two. I, I want to do two different ones that are more current. Um, okay. Well, one of them isn't real current, but it's, it it came up this week. I was yeah. I was flabbergasted by it. But first of all, I, w- I want to do a quick update on Demar Hamlin. Do I say his name right? Yeah. Um, he's the Buffalo Bills uh, safety, who, which we're still calling a freak accident. Um, it's funny, Doctor Patty made a very good intro. You know, like everyone's saying, hey, that wasn't such a bad hit. And when you watch it, it's like, geez, if that wasn't a bad hit, I mean, it wasn't a, a violent hit. What is? I mean, it's just there's so many bad, big hits in football. 
I, I, I've been watching more of them now since this happened. But for whatever reason, this guy went into cardiac arrest and was saved on the field. He was, um, wasn't breathing for the, the stats they, that I have read is 16 seconds. He, he then went in critical care and intensive care in Cincinnati where the game was being played. Since then, it's only two weeks, right? Two weeks, he is back in Buffalo watching his Bills play in a playoff game. Give a little update on his medical condition, Jared. It's a fun story to follow. Yeah, uh, well, I, medical condition, I don't know all the specifics of. I just know kind of the same thing everyone else does. But he's out of the hospital, came back to Buffalo. I think he spent a little time in a hospital in Buffalo, but he's, I think he's at home at this point. He's at home. Um, he's sti- yeah. yeah, he's still, you know, obviously doing, you know, rehab and going to, you know, getting getting checked up on and things. But yeah, everything, he, he, he was with the team. He didn't go to their game today. He wasn't at the game, but I think he was with the team at different points during the year. Uh, or during during kind of the last week or so, so it's yeah uh, for for what it could have been, it's uh, it's a really good story at this point for for where that could have gone. And you're sticking you're sticking with your uh, remember we did last week. You wrote down all our predictions for 2023. Yeah, and I'm going to add one. I'm, um, Marty Bolin Kasner Marty. is going to be inducted Marty. into the Hall of Fame. I'm going to put that on my list. Of things that are going to happen in 2023, but this is one that you predicted that I th- I think you know Vince downed you for this one, but I think you're right. I think you will see Demar Hamlin on a, on a a football field before 2023 is over. Yes, yes, he. I, that is one of my predictions that he will be he will play uh, he will play next season at some point. So this next one. Um, the big question to me was why, and I'm gonna get. I'm gonna, as you say, set the table here, and then I want to ask the question why, and and what I'm saying is, I did you. I don't know if you sent me or I, yeah, you uh, you sent me. There was a two minute a two minute report in the NBA. Um, I think the definition of it is. The last two minutes, the Referees Association reviews all the calls. Is that basically what it is? So the NBA two-minute report is an official report that gets released to the public. This is not an internal thing that like you have to go hunt down or you have to wait for people to come out and talk about. It's It's something that is officially released. I think it's Every day there's a game. It's released the next day. And it is basically a public evaluation of officials in the in the last two minutes of games in the fourth quarter and overtime. Uh, it, in, it assesses all calls and also mentions uh, notable non-calls, basically calls that should have been made that were not. So here we are sitting back in our comfy chairs with our reading glasses, all these... Uh these these um these referees and they're evaluating the last two minutes they're putting it out in public saying basically the the one you sent me is the lakers should have won a game because there was seven calls that were wrong in the last two minutes so with that said if they're not going to reverse games and the, and they're and they're not are they using this to 
to evaluate the ref's performance? Are they doing this to make fun of the refs? Why are they putting this out in public? Yeah. So that, that was the same thing I was kind of thinking with this. And I I think okay, so so in so officiating evaluations, I think, are a thing that all leagues do. I think all not just the last two minutes, but I think in every league everything is is evaluated. The entire game someone is watching it. But so th- I think the two minute thing is just what is made publicly what is publicly kind of sent out to to the uh to, to the Commute to, to, to fans, but yeah, I I'm with you. With this is this was kind of how this conversation started. Is I don't know why this exists. I, I really don't because all it is, in my view, from a fan standpoint, is the is the league and the officials basically like, hey, we got it wrong. We can't do anything about it, but we got it wrong. It's 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 like an IOU or like a hey, we'll be better next time type thing. I guess. And, and then they're not better next time. That that's what's that's what's really weird about it. And it for me, it, it goes to kind of what I got really interested in is like how not only is how they're evaluated, but are there penalties? Are there is there a punishment if you're mentioned in the two minute report? Like are like how does it all what how's it all work? And I still don't really know. The the only thing I was really able to find, Jim, and then I'll I'll let you kind of take your your take on this is there was something that happened in the Euro League, which is that after the NBA, the biggest, I think, most professional or most competitive basketball league in the world, uh, which is in, in Europe. And there was a referee that was fined and suspended publicly multiple games for blatantly missing a crucial call at the end of the game. And it's like, okay, why don't, why doesn't that happen with our referees? If we're, especially if we're going to publicly shame them and then do nothing about it. Well, hello, Carl. You're on the air. Well, it, it sounds to me they're going with the last two minutes because it, the casual NBA fans only going to pay attention to the last two minutes. I mean, obviously, a call could have happened in the second quarter or third quarter. You know, that that could you know hurt a game. You know, but obviously, anything happening in the last two minutes is going to be emphasized. Um, public shaming is great, but if they do that and they fine and suspend and also say you're not you're not refing in the playoffs, then this is a program that could work. Well, that, that's just our, our, our point, Vince. We're not questioning when it is. We're questioning what the purpose of it is, if they're not going to yeah. use it. Or are they using, yeah. or are they using this to, to decide who, who's the best when, ref? When, when, when does this start? Has this already started? The two-minute report? Yeah, Jared's been the, going on for the, years. The two-minute report uh, has been around since at least 2016. Oh, I've never heard of it. Yeah, this is not a this is not a new thing. You can go to oh. the NBA's officiating links, like the, the NBA officials part of their website, and you can access the two-minute report. And yeah, it's been it's been going on like I said since at least 2016. Because I remember in 2016. There was I, there was an article about like how the officials wanted it to like reorganize and reformat what the two minute report was, but this has been around for a while. So, so this has been around for a while, and the officiating has obviously not gotten better. Right. <laughs> so, so what is that? You so never thought officiating. I never I, saw I, you I, coach a basketball game where you thought the refs did a good job. Well, that's not true. I, I, got, I, I, got, I got better over the years of, of being much, much uh, 
easier on the refs and understanding of them, especially after refing a few summer league games. It, it's, right. it's a whole perspective when you actually do it, and you're like, oh, this job's hard. Yeah. So, you know, it, 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 I think I got better over the years, Jim. Sitting next to you had to calm me down a little bit. <laughs> I know we're up. Yeah. But, but Vince, to, to your of point of like, sleep. This has been a, this has been around for us. It just it further begs the question: Why does this exist? Why are they doing it exactly? Yeah. Like what makes no sense? Oh my goodness! Uh, all right, to go, to go back to your trivia question, I had to look up, and I uh, you know I, I did know the answer to this, but because you made the comment that there weren't many other NBA coaches that have transitioned from NCAA to NBA, and I was like, hmm, I wonder how many football coaches have have done that in one boat. And can you tell me how many NFL coaches have won an NCAA and an NFL title? Somebody Uh, somebody from the 49ers. Am I right or not? You are incorrect. Okay. I don't know why I thought that. I I don't know. My gut tells me the answer is zero. Because the, the the most successful football coaches that I can think of in college that I know went to the NFL did not do well. So I'm going with zero. Jim, you got a guess? I, I'm, I'm done. I If it's not some famous coach for the 49ers that went back to the NCAA, then I don't know what it is. I don't even know their it's, name. Yeah, there's three. Really? There's three, okay. three coaches, yeah. yeah. Well, who are so, they? Oh, Jimmy Johnson, uh, one with the Miami Hurricanes and the Dallas Cowboys. Barry sure. Switzer, one with Oklahoma and the Dallas Cowboys. And Pete Carroll, one with USC and the Seattle uh, Seahawks. Sure. Huh. Yep. 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 So. Okay. Those all. I if I had thought about it more, I might have thought of Pete. Thought of Pete Carroll. But yeah, those all. Those all. Has there been anybody that won? That is there? Are all these coaches that coached in college and then went and won in in the NFL? And, and same with Larry Brown. Is there anybody that went the other direction that they they won in the NFL and then went back and won in college? Or did they all go that same direction? No, you know that the only one that would have been close would have been John Harbaugh because he or Jim Harbaugh. He 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 lost a Super Bowl with the Niners and then went to Michigan and has lost both times he's gone to the playoffs. So. He hasn't won it, but he would be the only one that I can think of that went from professional back to college and had a chance to do it. That's the guy I was thinking of. Right. And that, that's a good guess because he had a good run with Stanford before he went to San Francisco. But they, they never won it with San Francisco. He got close. Hmm. So yeah. uh, have, have we settled anything with this ref issue between the three <laughs> masterminds here? No. No. It, it, it's terrible. <laughs> Yet, yet again, yet again, the sports phone does not get to make any decisions, and, and that we do not get to the bottom of anything. When you when I when I thought this was something that was an idea coming up, I was like, "Great, this would be good for umpires in baseball. This would be good for reps in football. They should do this with every league." And you're telling me it's been around for half a decade, and, and has it done any good? <laughs> we don't know. No we, we can't say it hasn't done any good. I mean. Without it, it might have gotten worse. I mean... That, that, is, that is true. At least there is some accountability, or at least these people know that, hey, I look like a fool there in has the eyes to be, of the public. Jerry, yeah. there has to be a way to rate refs. We don't know how they do it. They must do it by replay. How else could they do it? Oh, they, they, they have to, yeah. But I don't, know. I don't know how it works. I don't know what the criteria are. That's a, yeah, I don't know. I think the only part of it that's made public 
is is the last two minutes. And how many people does it take? This, Vince, I, th- I think this is bigger than you think, and maybe bigger than I think. Yeah. Every game, sometimes there's 10 games a night. Every game is evaluating the last two minutes of every call. Who is doing this? I, I I think it's it's not just the last two minutes. It's the entire game is being evaluated. So so there are ex refs. I assume that their only job is to review film. So there's an entire replay center for officials. Like when when you, when there's calls that are being reviewed, I, I know, like when there's challenges and stuff. I know that. I would imagine they're involved in this in some form. Yeah, because you know they're only well, they're doing watching so many. Cha- yeah, they're watching everything closely. Yeah. yeah, but that still repeat. isn't even close to answering my question. How many people does it take? How many people does it take to review every call of every game? And 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 re- are there machines doing this? I mean, that's a good question because you to, to analyze each one of these calls, you got to have at least two people, right? Yeah, maybe three. I don't. And, and and like you said, there's some nights there's ten, twelve games on, so you've got thirty plus people just analyzing each game. It's a lot of people. Or are they just talking to coaches? Are they just talking to coaching and player coaches and players to evaluate? Maybe they're not watching all this film except for the last two minutes. Is it possible they're just, you know, asking Popovich, who do you think's the best coach? Who do you think that guy's good enough to to ref next year? <laughs> is that is that possible? No, it's not possible. <laughs> <laughs> I would wonder if, if player, you know, part of the, the, the collective bargaining agreement could be that players and coaches do have input. I oh, I'm maybe, sure they I do. Know. You know, well, yeah. well, even at the even at the high school level, you have input. Well, at least in Oregon, like you can you can submit forms to review like how you thought the officiating was for your game. And I imagine right. that's the same right. thing in California uh, uh, at, at the higher only, levels. The only thing I remember, Jerry, I don't know if you remember this, Vince, when you were when you were the head coach. Um, we had an option at the end of the year to request refs that we didn't want in the playoffs. Right. right. Everyone could list yeah. a few that they didn't want. Yeah. So yeah. so I guess that's then, sort of a form of evaluation. Somewhat. I mean, if you don't get to do the... Because referees make their big money if they get to be a, 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 a playoff referee or a finals referee. Like those Those guys get a bonus, I imagine, for that. Oh, big time! So that's you've got as your referee. I would assume you'd want to be the guy on that big stage. You know, like you're that good of a ref, you get to be there. We got five minutes left in the sports phone, Jared seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight. We have no other calls right now. If you got something to say, get it in quick. We got four minutes left now. Well, well I'll, I'll I'll give this really quick for one of my favorite referee moments. Uh, and I think this is when I started turning a corner, Jim. Uh, uh, old Carl one time turned to me and he said, you know, young man, you attract a lot more bees with honey than you do with poop. And he didn't say poop. And I was like, oh, that's so good. Thanks for not teeing me up and giving me some advice to just back down and be polite. And oh, it, was, it was fantastic. So. I thought Carl Ritterman told you that. You mean Ref Carl told you that? Yes, Ref Carl looked at me one game oh. and, he was, and he said that to me, and I was like, that's priceless. I'm like, I can, I'll take that forever and remember that. Huh. Jeez. <laughs> so, anyways, good stuff as always. Great show, great interview. Love you guys. Uh, talk to you next Sunday. Oh, I'll be there next Sunday. You Looking will be in the studio with yeah, me next yeah. Sunday. Jer, why don't you mention that right now? Yeah. Thanks, so, Vince. Uh, stay on, Vince. Uh, oh, oh. I'm Go. here. 
Okay, so yeah, so I won't be here next week. The, the show will go on. Uh, Jim and Vince will be in the studio together. Uh, they'll be doing the show. I will be... I will. Where will I be? I will be at the Moda Center watching the Blazers and the Lakers. I will be using my season tickets and uh, attending a Laker game, which I'm, I'm looking looking forward to quite a bit. Uh, but yeah, Vince and Jim yep. have, the, have the show covered. They will. They will be doing it together. It should be fun time. I don't care. Look. Even if the reception's lousy, I want a live something from the Moda Center. Come on, I, just... will, I will do. Oh. I, I will do. I do my best. All right, absolutely. And and uh, I'm a creature of habit, so I'm going to root against the Lakers as I always do. Go Blazers! Have fun, Jerry. I'm looking forward to being there with you, Jim. And uh, I'll see you next week. Alrighty. All right. Uh, I think well, we could do a quick one, Jerry. If someone wants to talk for thirty seconds, they're going to have to call pretty quick. While we're waiting, uh, yeah. why don't you give one more plug for tomorrow, yes. Jim, and then then we'll then we'll kind of wrap it up. Yeah, the uh, the, the regular Monday night discussion. Um, I like to call it the uh, call in and talk about anything you want to open lines. It's the purest form of open lines. You don't. There's no. Um, there is no. What do you call that they do on commercial radio? There's no screening of calls, just like on a sports phone. You call up, talk about anything you want to talk about. That's happening at seven o'clock tomorrow night, and we have the station manager, Marty Durlin, and the president of the Mendocino County Board of Directors is going to be talking and taking your questions and your comments on the discussion tomorrow night, seven o'clock from seven to eight. That's it, Chair. That was my official announcement. That was and that was a very official announcement. You did a did a really good job. A lot with better that. than I um, did at the beginning, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Second time helped out for sure. Uh, but yeah, I think we're gonna we're gonna kind of wrap it up here. Uh, really fun show. Uh, wanted to once again uh, thank Molly Bolin for joining us uh, in what was probably our biggest celebrity to ever be guest be a guest on the Sports Phone. Really enjoyed it. Uh, learned a lot. Uh, I again will not be here next week. Jim and Vince will be taking taking the reins on things. Uh, Jim, anything left before we before we call it a night? I get pretty nervous without you on this on the sports phone, Jerry. Ah, you'll I'm be fine. You and Vince got to cover it. As long as you can stumble through all the beginning and get and remember to do all the business stuff, you'll be fine. <laughs> all right, thanks. Uh, see you thanks, in two everybody. weeks, Jerry. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.